Good morning, Moncton Wesley. And let me ask you this. What is your highlight of 2021? We're just a couple days away from 2022. And what's your highlight? And hey, since we're doing this online, why don't you go ahead into the comment section and let us know what is your highlight? I know for my wife, Jess and I, we had a ton of fun hiking this year, going to Crooked Creek Falls, Gordon Falls. I think that some of those fun memories and hammocking and uh, jumping into the water, I think that those are some of our highlights. But what about for you? Is it a family vacation? Uh, was it traveling somewhere? Maybe it was a, a special anniversary or a big milestone. Let's say the birth of a child or a grandchild or maybe a wedding. What was your highlight? Now, I'm going to be totally honest and say this, that I think probably for some of you, your highlight of 2021 is that it's almost over. <laughs> I, I think that 2021 was a year that maybe didn't quite live up to our expectations. Perhaps some of us were hoping for 2021 to look a little bit more normal, or maybe for there to be a new normal, but it seems like the new normal keeps on changing, doesn't it? You know, I saw these pictures that sums up some people's thoughts of 2021. This first one, I'm going to achieve so much in 2021, then a year passes. In 2022, I mean, for some people, they've felt like this year has just been so different that they haven't been able to accomplish the things that they wanted to accomplish. Here's another meme. 2021, this is my year. I'm going to achieve so much. By the end of 2021, you might be singing a different tune. But let's be really real and reflect back on this year. It was a different year. It was unique. Maybe we had hoped that 2021 wouldn't look like 2020, but in a lot of ways, it was just 2020 part two. But that being said, we're going to open up God's word. And as we look forward to the new year, I want you to know that there's hope for you today in God's word. As we look forward with a lot of uncertainty, not knowing exactly what Omicron, which sounds like a transformer, will look like, who knows what's in store for us in 2022 but what I do know is that God's word never changes. God's love for us never changes. God's power never changes. And that when we enter into 2022 with him, it's going to be a year to remember. So that being said, we're going to be looking at the story of Joseph today. And when I look at Joseph and his story, I see the ups and downs. He goes from being in prison to being a prince. We see him being uh, locked up. And even though we can't necessarily relate to being locked up in prison, we've been locked down quite a bit in the past couple of years. And I think that when we look at his story, maybe just maybe we can find hope in this truth that he was a man of perseverance. He was a man of perseverance. And that's why my title for you today is this, Perseverance Through Problems. Perseverance Through Problems. Now, for some of you, maybe you could title this perseverance through the pain, perseverance through the pandemic, perseverance through the loss of a job, a loved one, perseverance through marital struggles, through mental health, through mental illness, through unmet expectations. A lot's been going on in 2021, but if I could sum up a word that might help us as we enter into 2022, it's the word perseverance. But when we go through tough times, there's a couple options that are given to us. Number one, when we go through challenges, I think we can give up. We can just give up, throw up our hands, complain, post about it on Facebook, gripe, but we can give up. 
Number two, some of us, we can check out. We might not give up, but we check out. This is the option where you still keep going through the motions, but you're mentally and emotionally not there. Have any of you been there before where you just kind of check out of your circumstances? You just kind of go through the routine, even though your heart's not really still in it. We can give up, we can check out, or third, we can persevere. We can be all in. And that's what I think we see in the story of Joseph. Now, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 37. I'd encourage you to go there with me, but here's what's up. The story of Joseph is eight chapters long. So what that means is we're going to go through it line by line because we're online and we can spend the next two hours, right? No, 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 no. Before you turn, turn me off, uh, definitely do not do that. We're not going to go through line by line. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to paraphrase certain parts, but we will start in Genesis chapter 37, verse 2. So it says, this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons. Parents, pro tip, don't love certain kids more than others, or at least don't tell them, okay? But we see it right here. It was common knowledge. Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. Not only did he love him more, but boom, he gives him the Xbox One. Or boom, he gives him the new phone while the older brothers don't get the new phone. So it's obvious to everybody what's going on here. So when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bound, bowed down to it. Here's a pro tip, not for the parents, but for all the kids that are listening. If you ever have a dream where the dream uh, makes it so that your brothers and sisters aren't as good as you or they bow down to you, just, just keep it to yourself. Uh, that's my pro tip for the day. Don't, don't boast, don't brag. But Joseph did not take this advice. He told them his dream and they were jealous and they hated him all the more. So next in the story, Joseph was asked by his father to go join his brothers in the field. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But then they saw him in the distance and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him. But when Reuben heard this in verse 21, he tried to rescue them from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. So when Joseph came to his brothers, verse 23, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into a cistern. The cistern was empty and there was no water in it. Judah said to his brothers in verse 26, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. Now, let's pause. Earlier on, we talked about our highlights of 2021. Imagine if we asked Joseph, hey, how, how's your year going, Joseph? Yeah, I was sold in slavery. Joseph is having a bad day. He's having a bad run, but wait for what happens next. Verse 36, then the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Then in the next chapter, in verse 2, it says that the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Just imagine for a moment what Joseph was feeling as he was being sold into slavery. This would have been the perfect moment for him to give up on God. Because the reality is that the Lord couldn't have been with Joseph if Joseph wasn't with the Lord. But instead, Joseph stuck with 
the Lord. And we're going to see the fruit of that, the incredible purpose and plan that God brought out of that pain. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at three ways and three things that we learn from Joseph's perseverance. So number one is this, that God is present in our problems. God is present in our problems. Again, I can't imagine what was going through Joseph's mind. The betrayal, the hurt, maybe the anger, the anger at God, the anger at his brothers for doing this to him. But what do we see? In Genesis 39, it says that now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. There he was with Potiphar, but the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. God is present and he even prospered Joseph in this time. When the master saw in verse 3 that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Joseph could have had a bad attitude. Joseph could have complained all day, every day on Facebook. Joseph could have folded his arms, gave up, gave up on the Lord, but instead he stayed focused on God's plan for him and look what happened. The truth is today, church, that God took what looked like an obstacle and he turned it into an opportunity. He turned it into an opportunity for God to do incredible things. Sometimes the biggest blessing that God has for you is after the lost job. Sometimes the biggest letdown can help you draw closer to God. Sometimes what might look bad is actually a disguise for a secret and hidden gift that God wants for you. Keep that in mind when troubles come your way in 2022. Sometimes the loss of the friend means the cutting off of a toxic relationship and the entry into a new relationship. So church, you need to know this. Sometimes you can do all of the right things, but bad things can still happen to you. I think one of the worst misconceptions that we have is that when things go wrong, that means that maybe God is punishing you, maybe that God has left you, or God doesn't love you anymore when nothing can be further from the truth over and over and over again. In scripture, both with Joseph and others, we see that while tough times may come, God is present through your pain. God is present through your problems. God is present during this pandemic. Let's look at verse five. It says that the blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field because of Joseph. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. I, I love how they put that. Joseph was well-built and handsome. Uh, they could have said Joseph was hunky. Uh, like, that's what the Bible said. Joseph was well-built and handsome, but he gained the attention of Potiphar's wife. She tried to seduce him, is my paraphrase, but Joseph stayed strong. He didn't fall into temptation. He chose God's purpose instead of short-term pleasure, is how I would put that. There was short-term pleasure, there was distractions, there was things that would have turned him away from God, but instead of the short-term pleasure, he focused on God's purpose for his life. But here we see that you can be doing all the right things, but bad things can still happen. When she couldn't seduce him, she falsely accused him and had him thrown into prison. But while Joseph was there in prison, verse 21 says that the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Look at this. The fact that Joseph's circumstance could change, but his God can never change. So regardless of where he was, regardless of what was going on in his life, over and over and over again, we see that God's favor and blessing 
was not changing in his life. So verse 22, the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Even though his circumstances changed, his concentration on God never changed. The Lord was with Joseph. It's not if bad times will happen. It's not if struggles will happen, but when. Will you keep your concentration on God even when the circumstances change? That's my challenge to you with this point. Barbara Brown Taylor said these really wise words. She said, we do not lose control of our lives. What we lose is the illusion that we were ever in control of our lives in the first place. We have this false expectation that we're in charge of our own destiny, that we have things all under control, but sometimes when we lose control, sometimes when things go south, that reminds us of who is in control. So my hope is that you'll take these trials and tribulations as an opportunity to remember that God holds the universe in his hand. I love what Corey Ten Boom said, somebody who's well acquainted with what prison feels like. She says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. Will you keep your eye on the prize? Will you keep your focus on God? I've shared this from the platform before, but I never want to lose focus of how God's been so good in my life. In 2018, I was living in the States. My wife, Jess, and I were. And while we were there, we didn't have health insurance. Something terrible happened, and I had to spend two weeks in the hospital. And at that time, we had racked up at least fifty dollars to $60,000 of hospital bills, and we had no idea what we were going to do. But what we did know how to do is we knew that we couldn't stop praying. So we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and in what in many ways was my darkest moment, my darkest hour, the doctor walked into the office and he said to two Canadians who I still don't know how we were eligible for this, but he said, we enrolled you in a program, in a bursary, and you're eligible and we just wiped all of your hospital bills and you're not going to need to pay a cent. God was present in my problem and he's a miracle working God. And that leads us to our second point, which is this. God will give us his power. As we persevere, God will give us his power. In Genesis chapter 40, as we continue our story, it shows that God is using Joseph in miraculous ways, that he's actually interpreting people's dreams in prison. He's allowing him to interpret the meaning of people's dreams. But in Genesis 41, it says that when Pharaoh has a dream, word reaches him, that Joseph is interpreting dreams. It says in verse eight of Genesis 41, in the morning, the Pharaoh's mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Pharaoh was informed that Joseph had interpreted dreams while in prison. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one could interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I love this next line. Verse 16. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. I I feel like the Pharaoh would have been a little stunned at that point. Like, oh my goodness, he can't do it. 
but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Let me read that again. I cannot do it, Joseph replied, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. You'd think that prison would have been the time for Joseph to give up. He had been in slavery. He had been sold. He thought that maybe he was out of the woods at that point, and now he's back in prison. And you think that that would have been the moment that Joseph gave up hope, but instead he persevered. And look at this. He doesn't take responsibility. He doesn't say, oh, I can interpret the dream. He says, no, I can't do it. God can do it through me. Can I say this, that God wants to do miraculous things through you, that if you stay faithful, if you persevere, that God can do miraculous things. God can use you to change your workplace. God can use you to bring hope and love and joy that God bestows upon you, that God gives you his love, his joy, and then he works through you to impact your neighborhood, your family, your friends. So just know that when you persevere, God does something special. Know that God does something so special. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. There's this misconception. You might have heard the statement, God helps those who help themselves. Unfortunately, we just don't find that scripture in scriptures. It's, it's just not there. Who God does help is those who lean on his strength. Those who lean on his strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So this isn't a name it and claim it type thing. This isn't saying that, hey, you can do it because you're awesome. No, the reality is we can't do it, but God can. God, when we persevere, will give us his power and his strength. He'll give us his power and his strength. So Joseph, Joseph shares this dream, or the Pharaoh shares this dream with Joseph, and Joseph predicted this dream. And what he said is, what this means is that there will be a great time of abundance and of harvest here in Egypt. So for seven years, there will be a time of abundance, followed by seven years of famine, seven years of nothing. You won't be able to reap or harvest. So Joseph made a plan for them to store up food so that they wouldn't starve during the famine. So in Genesis 41, verse 37, it says, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. My prayer for you, church, is that when you go about your work, that the Holy Spirit will be inside you in such a way, and you'll be following God in such a way that his fruit, that his love, joy, peace, patience, it'll shine out of you. And people will say that same thing. They'll say, what's different about you? And just through the way that you live your life, through the way you encourage, through the way you love, through the way that love changes everything, that people will notice something different, just like how Pharaoh noticed something different about Joseph. Verse 56, when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold the grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was everywhere. But what about Joseph's family during this time? Their land was uh, occupied with this famine as well. And during this time, they realized that they needed to go to Egypt to get this food. But they didn't really realize what had been happening in Joseph's life during this time. So they went into Egypt in search of food and Joseph revealed himself to them and said this in Genesis 45, verse three. 
Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, and is my father still living? But his brothers, they were terrified. Can you imagine all the thoughts that were going through their head? They probably had been living with this guilt for years of knowing that they had almost killed their brother and sold him into slavery. It says his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. What an incredible moment of forgiveness, of love, and of redemption. In verse six, it says, for two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, hear this, one of the most powerful verses in the story. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of Egypt. God took what was meant for evil and turned it into good. God took a terrible circumstance. God took this terrible trial in Joseph's life and did the miraculous through it. And that leads us to our third and final point, which is that God is preparing us for his plans. He said that it's not you who sent me here, but it was God, that when we persevere through tough times, God is preparing us for his plans. And I think someone needs to hear this today, that God will never, God will never waste your pain. What you're going through wasn't caused by God, but God can use it for good. This reminds me of a story that in 1991, they started an experiment in the desert called the biosphere. So what they did is they tried to create this entire uh, ecosystem within this massive, uh, many kilometers wide biosphere. So they put forests and plants and trees and humans and animals and all these things protected uh, from the harsh desert climate. But eventually as the trees started to grow, the scientists were baffled because they just fell down. And they grew up more and they planted more and they grew up and they just fell down. But then the scientists realized that because these trees had never experienced a storm or harsh winds, that they didn't have the roots. They didn't have the strength, the foundation to be able to grow any taller. Sometimes the storms of life are developing your strength and developing your roots so that you can tackle whatever life throws at you. So as you go through tough times, as you go through trials, tribulations, whatever 2022 has to throw at you, I hope that you'll remember that story and you'll remember the story of Joseph and you'll stay rooted in God's plan for your life. And I'd like to give you three ideas for you to stay rooted, similar to that analogy of the tree. Number one is be in his word, stay rooted in God's word. How, how can you know God's plan? How can you know God's comfort if you don't know his word? I always encourage our teens and say that the best way to combat discouragement, the best way to combat uh, the negative thoughts is to memorize scripture. There's certain scriptures that even though I'm not good at memorization, I've dedicated to my mind because I know that I'll need them when times get tough. Galatians 5.22 
The Holy Spirit brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 2 Timothy 1.7, John 10.10. Those are verses that I know are so important in my life. And I'd encourage you in 2022, make it a goal in these coming months to memorize and stay in his word. Number two is be in prayer. I truly believe that prayer is a muscle to be developed, not something that you can necessarily be naturally good at. Some people find it quite easy to pray, but if you don't find it easy, make sure that it's something that you train, something that you challenge yourself with. Prayer changes things, so make sure that you are praying. And then number three is be in community. We live in such socially isolated and distant times. People were lonely before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, researchers have found that people are 20 to 30% more lonely. Get involved in a small group. Uh, Be a part of church, whether that's online or in person in this new year. Church, I promise that if you persevere, God has such incredible plans for you. What if God wants to do miracles through you? What if God wants you to serve him in a special way this coming year? Are you listening? Are you prepared? Are you going to persevere? So I hope that you remember that God is present through your problems, that God can give you his power as you persevere with him, and that God is preparing you for his incredible and awesome plans for your life. So I hope that 2022 will be a year of perseverance for you. Imagine if Joseph had have checked out or given up or decided that he was going to throw in the towel. All of the lives that wouldn't have been saved. All of the stories that wouldn't have been impact. But my encouragement for you is that God wants to do something incredible in your workplace, in your school, in your family, in your friends. But you just have to persevere. So what's your next step? Is 2022 a year where you want to dive into God's word more? Spend more time in prayer. Start serving. Be even more generous. Get plugged into a small group. Be a blessing to your workplace, your family, your school, your neighbors, and your friends. Persevere and watch what God can do through you. Let me go ahead and pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much that you're a God that loves us, that cares for us, and will never forsake us. God, anybody who can hear the sound of my voice right now, I just ask that they would feel that love, that kindness, that goodness, and they would persevere in this coming year. That Lord, whatever's thrown their way, they would know that God, you are greater, that they'd feel your hope, that they'd feel your strength, your energy, and that they'd stay committed to you and who you are. Lord, we believe that you're with us, that you'll never forsake us. And I just thank you for all of the plans and purposes you have for those that love you and are called according to your purpose. God, we love you and praise you and we pray this in your name, amen.